Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Watch out ladies, his whole body is a weapon. Ping. (laughs) Yes, I am talking about Kieran. Oh. And if you didn't want to know that, then you should just create a Terminator, send him back in time to kill me before I even mutter that sentence, because that is a spoiler. It certainly is, and it's a spoiler for the movie that we're looking at this week. Terminator Dark Fate, the sixth installment of the Terminator franchise. That's right, that's right. We've watched the movie and now we're here to talk about how well we predicted it. Yeah, that's right, as is standard on our show. So typically what we do in your regular episode is we look at the information for any sort of upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and we pull it apart and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Sometimes we team up and do it together. Other times we go away and work on plots separately. And then fight and bicker and argue. Yeah, over who has the stupidest plot. And then when the movie comes out, quite like this episode, we revisit what we've said in the past and see how close we hewed to the actual movie. And I'm so excited. As I said, we're talking about Terminator Dark Fate. I keep going to call it Terminator 6, but that's not what it's called. I mean, it technically is. It's like a soft reboot of the Terminator franchise. And it's a soft remake, if you ask me, of a certain other installment, a certain other popular, more popular installment in the Terminator franchise, Terminator 2. Because I didn't see an original thing under the sun in this movie, (laughs) and I'm very pissed off about it because one of the things they said in the lead up to this movie coming out, one of the things we talked about very skeptically so in our original episode, was that the director said that they're covering new ground in this movie. They're going to do something completely different. They're going in a they completely did. different direction. They did. To the other Terminator Technically, movies. they did. Technically, they did, but not plot-wise, not story-wise. All right, what's your technicality? I want to hear it straight away. Well, John is no longer the savior. So, who cares? That was their different direction. Happened in Terminator Genesis. And this is probably a good time to say, if you haven't watched the movie, yes. maybe do that first Or if you haven't listened, listened to, to our show. original podcast, if you haven't listened to the first time we covered Terminator Dark Fate, go back and listen to that first. Watch the movie if you want to. I don't really care if you watch this movie or not, but uh, and actually, it'll probably be more confusing if you haven't seen the movie. So yeah, at least listen to our episode first, then come back. We'll be waiting. Because that's what we're going to be referencing. Yeah, that's right. But on that note, the other thing that they did that was new is the Terminator could split into two parts. Yeah. That's new. Yeah, I suppose so. It's not a completely different direction, though, because it's essentially just a combination of the first two Terminators. The T-800 and the T-1000. Yes. was just They just combined the two. They didn't do anything new. The T-1000 has an interior decorating business. That's the T-800. The T-800 does, sorry. It'd be nicer than the T-1000. He has has a competitive interior (laughs) decorating business. It's Bob. It's Carl and Bob's, (laughs) like, well, isn't he drapes? He does drapes. He does drapes. Drapery. So it's not full-on interior decorating. It's just drapes. He's I like the line in the movie. Wider market. I like the line in the movie where Carl just says, "You know, <laughs> a man said he wanted to do a solid color in a little girl's room, and I said, don't do it. <laughs> you need to have butterflies, balloons.' I don't remember what else he said, but that was a funny line. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. I guess another thing as well before we get into how well we did mm. was that we sort of underestimated Edward Furlong's, or at least overestimated Edward Furlong's role in the movie. Yes, because when we saw him credited, we were like, really? Yeah. Because every news source was like, Edward Furlong is returning to the Terminator franchise. And he was also put up there as like and a they were big part pitch- of the cast Yeah, as well. that's They're right. like, who's in this movie? It's going to be it Linda Hamilton, it's going to be Arnold cast. Schwarzenegger, and it's going to be uh, Furlong. And that's right. I was like, oh, wow. Because they were. this is actually true, but they were really selling the movie and pushing the idea that this is a direct sequel to Terminator 2 in every other movie, 3 four, five. Just forget about those. They just don't exist at all because they, they didn't do as well in the box office and they aren't well regarded by fans. So weirdly enough, they stole a whole heap of plot points from those sequels as well, which really confused me. We'll get into it as we break down what we said. You know, 
what actually happened in the movie. Another thing I wanted to point out about our previous episode as well is early on in the episode, Matty D had never heard of the Irishman. It hadn't come yeah, out at this no, point. I and I just thought it was adorable. <laughs> You're like, what, what, the Irishman? What are you talking about? And I, and I told you the concept that it was, you know, the big selling point in the movies was they were going to de-age actors. And you're like, huh. And I remember off air you were saying, I don't think that's going to work. And lo and behold, I know- other He loves people, it. There are other opinions about that movie, but I really like. Well, it. it was up for Academy Awards for special effects and whatnot, acting as well. Mm, but so I, I- Must I've have heard, done all right in some people's esteem. I've spoken to people and they thought the de-aging didn't work for me. Yeah, I've heard that too. I thought I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, I wasn't distracted by it. So if I wasn't distracted by it, it worked. Mm. It wasn't like a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into. It. I know we've got oh, a lot to cover. Yes. Also, I worked out Rev Nine, where he appeared in. Prison oh, you got Rain. his name right. Yeah, well done. Look at me, Rav. <laughs> Rafe. Ravioli. We'll get into it. Uh, yeah. So where where is he from? He apparently is in break? like one episode of the third season as like a goon, and you see him for like a second. Really? He did nothing. So when you said, "Oh, he's in Prison Break," I'm like, "I love that show." Who was he? I was racking my brain. I was like, "What?" Well, we thought he'd be most famous for playing Ghost Rider by this point, but that's still not a thing. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on Hang with Paul. Hang in there, Rav. What was his name? Diego Luna? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, so like was I was saying- He covered in dirt in Prison Break, I believe. Like, oh, really? He was just there to was like- he breaking out of prison? Yeah, he was trying to break out of prison, but it was a trap and he just got killed by a pile of dirt. Oh, there you go. Poor guy. Spoilers for Prison Break, Spoilers everybody. Spoilers for Terminator Dark Fate as well. But anyway, <laughs> no war. That could be taken out of context. All right. No, all right. So we've got a lot to cover because we both had long plots in the original movie. Yes. So we should really get into it. And I believe you went first. So I'm going to cover what Maddie D said first. Oh, that's right. I did go first, didn't I? Yep, that's correct. Uh, but before we... Wolzes. Look at the... Wolzes. Wolzes. The plot I had for this episode. Yeah. Oh, I can't word. wait to break it down. But before we do, let's explain our point system to everybody. Maddie D, can you explain it to everybody? Sure, I'm sick of doing it. Sure. So we like to decide definitively who is smarter than the other person. Well, so it's we not have... necessarily smarter. Yeah, it's, it's just it's who smarter. can draw... It's, it's smarter. All right. Fair enough. So we have a point system. So if we guess something that there's been no promotional information about or no... Actually, I just realised how well I did. It is who was smarter. A hundred percent. Yes, all right. We get two points. Okay. Uh, if, so that was if we get something right If with we no get something indication. right with no indication. Okay. So if we say... Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in this movie when we didn't know he was going to be in there. Oh, we a, did. We did. So that's a bad example. But in that circumstance, you'd get two points. If we predict something that is evident in the trailer, but we call yeah. it accurately. Or we have prior knowledge of. Exactly. Like Edward like, Furlong's going to be in the movie. <laughs> then it's one point. And if we kind of get sort of on the right track, but not quite right, we call something that kind of happens, we get half a point. Yeah. It all makes sense to me. Yeah. And hopefully it makes sense to the audience. Yeah. It's like if we say... Edward Furlong's going to be in this movie. I guess we're kind of half right there. Yeah, exactly. Well, he was technically in the movie. And zero points. He was there in spirit. (laughs) Zero points if we get something wrong. I think that's a given. It should become evident as we go through the movie. If you've not listened to one of these episodes before, when we break down the plot and we start giving points, I'm sure it's really easy to catch on fast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's if our this point is your system. first revisited episode, I'm sorry. If this is your first installment of actual spoilers, yeah, you're going to be lost. But yeah, I'm sure you know the concept by now. Let's get into what Matty D said. So, he correctly predicted that the movie would begin with an opening narration by Sarah Connor. That's yes. correct. Yes. We had no idea that was going to happen. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Well, following formula. Following formula. They didn't do it in any of the other sequels beyond Terminator 2. So, I gave you two points for that. Deservedly so. And you said that we'll see some beautiful atmospheric shots while she's talking. Two points again, because we get a nice shot of a beach where the sand is slowly being washed away to reveal skulls. Yes, beautiful and atmospheric. 
Yeah, it would fit the description perfectly. So two points, as I said. You said that Sarah Connor talks about Judgment Day in the narration. I gave you two points for that because she talks about saving the world from Judgment Day in 1997, which of course didn't happen at this point. And she also talks about the inevitability of Judgment Day and how she spends her time hunting Terminators. Now, she doesn't talk about that in the opening narration. I gave you half a point, though, because she does talk about that later. And we kind of knew that in the trailer. That's a lie in the trailer. That's something they talk about in the trailer, too. You said that then we'll have an opening shot of a war zone in the future where robots are being mowed down by soldiers. I gave you half a point for that because it's actually the other way around. Yeah. I think anybody could have told you that it was going to be the other way around. So, yeah, it was half a point for that because we see Terminators, obviously the endoskeleton versions of Terminators, marching up a beach. We see, like, drones flying overhead and we see a Terminator just point blank shoot a little girl. Great opening. Great way to start a movie. You said that the rebellion slash the alliance slash the human resistance is winning. They're not. There's no evidence of that. They're just being wiped out, really. I'm trying to do something different here. I mean, throughout the movie, it's sort of suggested to us that the human resistance is like on the upper foot, thanks to a certain character in this movie. I don't know why. Thanks to Danny, of course. I don't know why I'm dancing around it since we're here to spoil the movie. But yeah, I, I, we don't really see any evidence that they're winning or losing. Now, you said that we'll see John Connor as an older general talking to a soldier about how they're pushing back against Skynet. Oh, no. Now, I actually pointed out in the original episode, that is actually what happened in the first movie. In the first movie, the human resistance won out over Skynet, and Skynet's last-ditch effort was to send the Terminators back in time to kill John Connor so they wouldn't be defeated in the future. But uh, maybe you forgot that. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, it's a good guess that that would happen, but they also did that in the opening of Genesis. They covered that whole thing that we originally didn't see in the opening of Genesis. Genesis, and they're not going to do it again in this movie. But Silly Matty D didn't do his research. I didn't watch Genesis. So he didn't watch Genesis, so that's why he did a whole lot of repeating plot points that were stupid from Genesis. Well, (laughs) I knew it was a soft reboot, so, you know, it doesn't matter. Those last two Yeah, I guess not. They could just copy it. And they did. We'll discuss it. Now, I just want to point out as well that Skynet isn't a thing in this movie. Skynet was actually defeated at the end of Terminator 2. And in this movie, it's replaced by the competition. The competition for Skynet. Legion. Legion, yes. I don't know if they're uh, related to Anonymous at all. Don't you love when they just replace Skynet with pretty much... Which they also did in Terminator 5 as well, in Genesis as well. Terminator 3. Did they do that in Terminator 3? No, there was still Skynet. you're right. There's still Skynet. I think Skynet was an app, like a phone app in Terminator Genesis, if I'm remembering that stupid movie correctly. Anyway, you said that this victory is thanks to a young, question mark, female soldier who has invented a virus that can take down the machines. That's not correct at all. All right. So, I thought (laughs) when I came in to record this episode, as we discussed in the previous episode, I thought Danny was going to be a little girl. I don't know why. There was no evidence that she was going to be a little girl. I clearly was lacking on my research here. I just pretty much Did you watch the trailer? I watched the trailer for Because she's not a little girl in the trailer. I watched the trailer once and I was like, da-da-da-da-da, and I just started writing my plot. Who's this adult woman who I'm going to say is a little girl? And it was a busy week and I'm like, done. And then you were like, you said, oh, by the way, I think it might have came up in conversation. You're like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about this actress. I'm like, that's the actress that's playing the little girl. And you were like, Maddie D, it's not a little girl. I'm like, oh, no. She's in her 30s. Oh, no. (laughs) So it basically derailed your whole plot. (laughs) So you had to rewrite it on the fly. Yeah, so I'm just trying trying to like recreate it as I'm saying it. Back to your plot. You said that they will walk through a bunker and we see the effects of war. This happens in Terminator 1, of course. 
doesn't happen in this movie. Uh, you said that Grace appears in their bunker. She sort of infiltrates like she's wearing a robe or something and yeah. flings it off and demands to speak to John Connor. That doesn't happen at all. Nothing similar to that happens at all. And you said that Grace tells John Connor that she was created by Skynet or Legion. We just said Skynet. Just presume we mean Legion. We said Skynet in both of our plots. That's I think right. They're, they're pretty much carbon copies of each other. That's right. Grace in your movie was created by Skynet and she was coming to tell them that another Terminator has been sent back in time and that only she can help them. Mmm. Mystery deepens. That doesn't happen in the movie at all. No. You said that we'll fade to present day where we meet Danny, who is happy-go-lucky. Gave you two points. And an adult. Definitely an adult. <laughs> Gave you two points because she is happy-go-lucky. You see her talking to people on the street. Yeah. She's buying food. She's saying gracias. She's wonderful. I really liked her in this movie. Yeah, she was all right when she was doing stuff. <laughs> when she was doing stuff. She just was just sort of there for the ride for most yeah. of the movie. You said that Danny works as a mechanic and is good with machines. You made a strong point that she's good with machines. It's very important. <laughs> it's very important, apparently. Well, she now, is. I, I gave you two points because she does work in a car factory. That's probably as close as either one of us is going to get to. I, I mean, I said the same thing. You said the same thing, yeah. Yeah, this is as close as either one of us is going to get to the actual plot of the movie. So it's, I think it's worth two points because technically she's a mechanic. She works with cars. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> until they like introduced the robots to build the cars in the movie, they were just doing it manually. <laughs> they just would spend hours on one car putting it together manually. They're like, what? Robots putting together cars? That's unheard of. <laughs> it's the future. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. That was so weird. It's like, what? I actually gave you another half point there as well because we see no evidence that she's good with machines, but we can presume so because she works with them. Yeah. It doesn't become a massive plot point. It doesn't like become I a plot point would, at all. But... Yeah, I guess she has to be, because she wasn't fired, her brother was. Yeah, that's right. So, obviously, she's she Her job good. was polishing, I think. Oh, no, was the brother's job polishing? I can't, don't know. He was just doing something with bonnets. <laughs> I don't know. They were just... Him and another guy were just, like, holding up I remember up he a was bonnet. a singer, right? Yeah, that's he right. He wanted to be the next Bruno Mars. <laughs> Does that matter? The next Bruno Mars. Who cares? He was dead soon anyway. We'll discuss it. You said that one day while driving with her brother... I laughed my ass off listening back to this recently, by the way. You said that while driving with her brother, Danny gets into a car accident. I gave you half a point for that, even though I shouldn't have, because she does technically get into a car accident yeah, with her brother of. later in the movie. Sort of. You said that her brother was driving and they were rammed by another car. I gave you another half point for that because that's technically true. The reason that they got into a car accident was because they were rammed by a truck with the Rev 9 behind the steering wheel. So yeah, that was worth half a point in my book. Now, but just in your movie, they just randomly get into a car crash just for no reason at all. Yeah, I didn't even say that the Terminators would appear. No. <laughs> just what an idiot. Just why driving did I, down the why street, did I say that? Bang, car accident, her brother drives into a pole. Surprise. <laughs> it gets better. You said that Danny is rescued from the wreckage by a stranger. I gave you half a point because, again, in the actual movie, that's technically she true. Is, yeah. She's rescued by Grace after the car attack. And you said that the female stranger, who is Grace, helps Danny to her truck. Again, I gave you another half point because, yet again, technically true. When she gets and out of the car And we see it in the trailer as well. Yeah, that's right. We see that in the trailer. But... My major question here is, what happened to Danny's brother? Uh, in your plot, not in the movie, because I know what happened to him in the movie. Yeah. In your plot, what happened to Danny's brother? Because ne- you never bring him up again. <laughs> Did I, do I never bring him up? he's died in the car wreck. Well, that's what I thought. I thought he died, but I don't think I mentioned it. You him. didn't mention so, that he died. So, so he's still there to this so, day in that car wreck. I didn't realize... 
Danny, was, Danny wasn't even upset that he I didn't realize Danny's brother was a character until you brought him up right. on the actual episode. So I was like, oh no. And you can actually hear it in my voice where I'm just like, Danny has a brother. Yes. So I tried to like shoehorn him in right. somehow. Um, and then just forgot actually, about it. I can't believe how close you got to the actual movie. <laughs> forgot about you it. You actually got pretty close just by shoehorning him in. You got it pretty close to the actual movie. But well, I didn't know how to do it. I was like, okay, well, I guess they're together. In, in your mind, in your mind, they're just driving down the street one day. Bam, he slams into a, a pole. No, he, they're bumped by another car. Well, I never said this, but in my head, he would have died. And okay. I would have just got rid of him. And then Danny just wasn't upset by that at all. She just completely got over it. Something well, similar did happen in the movie. We'll discuss uh, it. She's freaking out by the whole experience. Right. So so she's not like, oh, will he help my brother at all? No, she's just, just it's splattered everywhere. Your brother is dead. <laughs> yeah, presumably so. But I love that that was just I going just on in your mind. Him, I, It yeah. wasn't even related to Terminators or anything. It was just a random accident. And just Grace just happened to be there to help well, out. No, it was the Rev Nine that crashed into into the car. In your plot? No, yeah. I don't think so. You didn't say that at all. So well, that's what I we meant. We can't count it. No, you can't. You can't re- go back and change it. <laughs> that's not how it works. All right, moving on. You said that Grace. <laughs> go on. You said that Grace dr- drives a suspicious Danny to a stop laughing <laughs> to a diner. So instead of driving to a hospital like a normal human being, which I said in the plot, yeah, drives it to the to a diner. I like to imagine she's like bleeding profusely, got a concussion, and she's just like, have some food. That'll help you out. Grace is hungry. Well, I don't care about you, Dan. I'm here to protect you, but I'm she's hungry. Like, she's like drinking a milkshake. Yeah, and Danny's just there bleeding from the from her nose. It's like, oh, sh- shouldn't we go back for my brother? He might be alive. No. So Grace, in your plot, you said that Grace tells the presumably wounded and concussed Danny that she has come back from the future to save her. Mm. I gave you a point because she does tell her that in the actual movie. And you said that Danny is shocked by this revelation. I gave you a point and a half for that because she's shocked for about three seconds in the actual movie. Because literally, like, she's attacked by the evil Terminator. Grace turns up and shoots it. And then she's just like, I'm the f- from the future. I'm here to shave you. I'm here to shave you. <laughs> I'm here to shave you. <laughs> I'm from the... Shake and not stir. <laughs> I'm from the future, I'm here to save you. And then she's just like, what, really? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Faster yeah. sort of turn around. Well, it's because we, we meet her as a character and we see how strong and competent she is. I she's guess like, so. no time for grieving. I'm a woman yeah. of action. Well, I'll get to that in a Great second. Great well. writing by me and the writers of this movie, I think. You said that Danny goes into the diner bathroom and manages to escape out a window, even though she has severe internal injuries from a car accident, presumably. Mm. And you said that while she's running away, of course, that doesn't happen in the movie, but you said while she's running away, Danny comes across a friendly looking man who turns out to be a Terminator called either Rev9 or Rav or Rafe, according to your plot. <laughs> or Ralph. Or Ralph, and he attacks her. I gave you a point and a half because he does pretend to be her dad when she first meets him. Oh, that's true. So technically, he's a friendly face. Because he can morph into people. That's right, which he only does like twice in the whole movie. Which would be super useful, but he never really does I guess they don't want to do the T-1000 again because that just worked too well in that movie. Mm. They just wanted to do the same thing, but worse. They want to do, they want to copy other plot points and I'm going to touch this one. Exactly. They don't want to copy stuff that actually worked. You said that Grace saves Danny again from this Terminator, which leads to a car chase. I gave you a point and a half because she does save her, but we see that car chase in the trailer. So we knew that was going to happen. You said that this leads to the standoff on the highway that we saw in the trailer. I gave you a point for that. And you said it's revealed that the Rev-9 can split into two with a liquid metal version separate from its endoskeleton. Now That's that true. I'm thinking about it's in the trailer, a point there. The whole diner scene was really irrelevant. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I needed them to stop at a diner. It could have just been set in a car. True. Like in the actual movie. <laughs> you just wanted Danny There's to sort of like run There's always a place off. for a diner. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah I guess I. But I, I was pulling this from the trailer at this point. Yeah, exactly. There was no diner in the trailer, but yeah, sure. You said that Grace can handle herself, but still finds that she's out of her element against the Rev Nine. That's true. I gave you a point there. And you said that they're saved at the last moment by the skin of their teeth. Our favorite trope we on this love show. Love that phrase by Sarah Connor. An old face, you said. An old face. <laughs> How true you were. <laughs> I get two points for that. Uh, no. By Sarah Connor, who temporarily disables the Rev-9. Gave you a point for that because it was in the trailer. You said that Sarah Connor now lives in solitude and spends her time hunting down Terminators. That's true. I gave you a point for that because it was also explained to us beforehand. And you said that she is constantly on the lookout for information on Terminators and tracks them down if they appear, which is true. I gave you a point for that. Uh, it was technically in the trailer as well. It was, yeah. So in the movie, in the actual movie, she gets text messages with coordinates and times from a T-800 called Carl, who somehow knows in advance where Terminators are going to appear. Yeah, how does he know that? I, there's no way. So you could just say, oh, he knows because he's from the future and would know when Skynet sent it back, but it wasn't Skynet. This is Legion sending them back. Yeah. So he, he wouldn't have any knowledge. I think he said that he can sense when it's going to happen, but that means he would sense it in advance and know the exact location of where it's going to happen. That's not really advance. a power they ever explained. No, it's not a power that they have. And it's just fucking stupid. Now, it gets worse because if that's the case, so at the way that Sarah Connor explains not it in the movie- Not hiding your feelings here, Kieran. No, the way that Sarah Connor explains it in the movie is she gets locations and a time. She gets right. coordinates and a time. She goes there- a portal will open up, a Terminator will appear, and she'll kill it, right? Mm -hmm. If that's the case, why wasn't she there when Grace appeared, and why wasn't she there when the Rev-9 appeared? Good point. Good she point. wasn't anywhere nearby at all. Good point. Well, I'm going to defend this unless, movie. Unless, unless... I'm going to defend this movie, because I think she was following them. That's how she got to the scene, because she heard about one of them being somewhere. Like She must have heard about the portal somewhere and must have missed them. And have been tracking them ever since, which brings so her she, to the So she highway. got there in advance for all the other Terminators. Yes. But not Grace. Well, we don't know that she's been there in advance for all the other Terminators. She said that she was. She okay, said well, she we had times, so she knew you in advance. You watched the movie more recently. Yes, so. I watched the movie yesterday. I know you watched the movie a couple of weeks ago. I watched the movie yesterday. She said she had times. She knew way in advance when they were going to appear. So she was always there in time to kill the Terminators as they appeared. Wasn't the case with Grace. Wasn't the case with Rev-9. Yeah. Massive um, plot hole there in the movie. And the only reason she wasn't there is because then the movie wouldn't maybe happen. Maybe Carl had bad phone reception. Yeah, or or maybe, was... maybe that day she didn't take her phone out of the packet of chips yeah. that she gives it in. <laughs> Which doesn't work. But it, yeah, and he maybe Carl was like uh, setting up drapes. Yeah, and maybe. He's like, oh no, I forgot to text. <laughs> Putting like, <laughs> drapes of balloons <laughs> in a little girl's bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Forgot to stupid. text Sarah Connor. Just stupid. And I think it hurts the movie. <laughs> that you, hurts the movie? I never thought about it until it. you brought it up. Yeah. So. Why have it be a plot point at all if you're not going to use it? It's just stupid. Anyway, back to your plot. He said that Grace explains that when she was a child, she was... <laughs> Go on. She was kidnapped by Skynet and turned into a cyborg, but for some reason they didn't program her for evil. She turned just... Here you go, have the some cybernetics. Thanks. prevailed. Thanks, see you later. <laughs> and again, this is just something from Terminator 4. Didn't work in that movie. Obviously, it's not going to work in this movie either. And it, it didn't happen, so you didn't get any points. Yeah, well, so yeah. you just literally just thought, oh, that, they did that in Terminator 4. I'll just steal it for this plot. You can't win them all, Kieran. So what was the point of that? I'm just going to diverge for a second. Right. So what was the point of them making like uh, an infiltrating human Terminator who doesn't know he's a Terminator in Terminator 4? Does it help Skynet at all? Which one was the fourth one? Was that Salvation? That was Salvation, the one I, in the future. I, I can't remember anything about that movie. It doesn't impact the movie at all because he's just like, why am I a Terminator? Because they're like, so you can get close to John Connor, but I don't want to kill him. Shit, we didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, what's her name? Helena Bonham Carter was Skynet in that movie. Oh, yeah. That was stupid. <laughs> 
Back to your plot. Speaking of stupid, back to your plot. Right. You said that Grace was sent back to stop Rev9 from killing the person that will eventually defeat Skynet slash Legion. I'm struggling. That's 100% connecting- correct. What's that? That's two points because that's oh. 100% correct. She was. Yeah, Grace was sent back as a cyborg to protect Danny, who would eventually overthrow Legion in the yeah, future. I guess so that's two true. points. You said that Sarah wants to help Danny because she sees a lot of herself in Danny. That's 100% true. She says that line in the movie. That's two points again. And you said that Sarah takes them to see a T800 called Carl, who she's been keeping tabs on, since he's the best person to help them out. I gave you half a point because they go via coordinates that are tattooed on Grace's hip. Uh, I was sort of confused as to why they were doing that, but I guess. They knew that they needed the help in advance because Danny's the same person. She knows that this all happened, but I guess she knew that they would need to find the T-800, but they didn't explain this to Grace before they went because I guess they didn't want to spoil the movie for her. So they just wrote, they just said, oh, here's just random coordinates that we're tattooing on your waist. Might come in handy one day. But yes, the reason that they're there is because Danny in the future knows. I don't know why she took the time. I guess she wrote down the coordinates. It's like a perpetual loop. Because I'm like, how did she know the coordinates? We didn't see her taking the coordinates while they were there. The only way that she'd know them is if she read them off Danny. But if she put them on there, oh, my brain hurts. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? No, it doesn't. Like a lot of stuff in this movie. Now, this was quite interesting because you couldn't quite work out why Carl was there in the first place. Why the T-800 was there in the first place. No, I had no idea how he was going to be there. Because you're like, oh, he's just still around from the second movie, right? And I was like, no, they destroyed him in that movie. Oh, he's from one of the other sequels. No, Matty D, they wrote those sequels out of existence. And then you went, maybe he was sent back in time at some point. I was like, he got it. He nailed it. And then you change your mind and said, you know what? No, actually, what they (laughs) really did was they took the T-800 from Terminator 2, who was clearly melted down in molten metal. Uh, and then they rebuilt him from that. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> so you don't get any fucking points for that. Yeah, I said that. You, you so and so. Anyway, <laughs> you said that the T-800 follows Terminator Genesis rules and now has aged. I gave you a point for that because that's true. We knew that he'd be aged in the movie. Only way they could work him in, hey? Yeah, that's right. And doesn't stop it from being any less stupid, though. Like that. How does that work? It's so stupid. Um, like- the skin ages, Kieran. Yeah. Why? No idea. Why? Because like, all right. So is it real skin? Is it organic? It's real skin. Right. They harvest it from dead bodies of real people. So uh-huh. in the first movie, they explain that the Terminator has skin that's taken from human beings that have been captured by Skynet. They put that skin on the Terminators, and then the Terminators can only be incognito for a couple of days. So they only have a couple of days to do their mission because the skin starts to rot because it's just literally flesh. How cool would it be if they explored that? Like, it was done in the first movie. Oh, was it? Yeah. They did that in the first movie. His oh, skin yeah. starts to rot because he keeps being thwarted by Kyle Reese. Oh, so yeah. there's literally a point where he's sitting in his bedroom. He's covered with flies because he's rotting. That's right. Yeah. His skin goes pale and like the landlord comes past and he's like, you got a dead cat or something in there? Fuck you, asshole. So yeah, it is a cool concept. They have explored it <laughs> in better movies. But no, in T2, Terminator 2, they said that he has different skin. He has skin that can heal. It's like a skin that's sort of like a living compound so they got more advanced i suppose so they said that his bullet holes will eventually heal and then in by terminator genesis they said that it can age over time which doesn't make any fucking sense why would they have a terminator around for years yeah and it's the same thing in this yeah. movie they just took it straight from terminator genesis even though they said they weren't going to consider using stuff from that movie it's like replicants age fucking stupid and terminator yeah apparently age. replicants age as well like, if you another need to stupid, shoehorn an actor stupid in. thing anyway moving on then i knew that this was going to take forever because i've just got so many gripes with both your plot and this movie <laughs> But moving on. So, you didn't know why the Terminator was called Carl. You were just just like, oh, he just gave that name to himself for shits and giggles. Because you said (laughs) it doesn't matter what his name is because he doesn't interact with anybody. That couldn't be further from the truth because he has a wife and child. He's a family. (laughs) Our relationship is not physical. (laughs) 
Even though the Terminator does have a penis, we saw it in the first movie. Yeah. Does the penis work, though? No, I don't imagine so. I just imagine it's like a flap of loose skin. Just like... Well, we know that the endoskeleton doesn't have a like a robo boner. Yeah. So we know that. But this is this is uh this is new skin. This is of this is enhanced mm. skin. So maybe mm. you can maybe who knows? We know that the Terminator Shoots has nanobots. muscle, but no, we know that the <laughs> muscle is artificial because it's the, just the bulk of the machinery underneath. Right. So yeah, yeah. questions. This, this is not a question we should get into. You said that Carl lives in a Rambo-esque property in Mexico. I gave you a point for that because while he does live in a Rambo-esque property, this is in Texas. Quite like the actual Rambo who lived in Texas yeah. on the Mexico border. Oh, yeah. There we go. It's like we knew in advance. You said that the Rev-9, this is where it really goes off the rails here. You said that Rev-9 attacks them at Carl's house. Doesn't happen in the movie. Nope. I mean, the Rev-9 does go to Carl's house after they've left. It takes him a long time to get there, just conveniently it's so. just on foot, you know. I guess so. No, he actually had a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, you said that Carl has a piece of <laughs> said that Carl has a piece of Skynet that he's defending from people. It turns out to be a chip in your plot, but so he just has a chip which he wouldn't have because the chip was destroyed in Terminator Two. But he just randomly has a chip that he keeps in his house, and he's just like, "It's my mission to guard this chip look from Kieran, people." Look, here. I'm case- trying desperately to connect these plot threads together. Right. There needs to be a MacGuffin. So Rev Nine has attacked. Carl's house in your plot. Mm-hmm. And so apparently Rev9 steals this piece of Skynet and decides that he's going to go use it to rebuild Skynet himself. <laughs> so in your universe, Skynet was created by Rev9. Yeah. Uh, just okay. by like a random Terminator. Yeah. Like, I love how he just finds this incidentally and he's like, actually, you know what? I'm going to go build Skynet I'm myself. Build Skynet. He said that our heroes will travel to the Mexican American border. They do in the movie. I gave you two points for that because I don't think there was any indication that that would happen in the, in the trailer. No, I think we I think we looked at filming locales. They yeah. might have mentioned it there. I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Uh, you said that they managed to convince the Border Patrol that there's a threat coming and they arm everybody up and stand by the Trump wall ready for battle. Of course, nothing like that actually happens in the movie. Well, that wall was being thing, built in 2019. The closest thing that does happen in the movie is that they go to a military base with a friend of Sarah Connor who apparently is just in the military, gets shot and disappears from the movie really quickly. Yeah. And he tells them that there's a threat coming. So I'm going to give you half a point. I've just decided now you're going to get a half a point for that because something like that does sort of happen in the movie. But the idea... It's very loose, Kieran. The idea that <laughs> just these Mexican people, these random Mexican people, well, there's Grace and Sarah Connor who don't have passports, but they just turn up at the border and like, there's a threat coming. Really? Have some guns. Here you go. <laughs> Let's stand by the Trump wall, which doesn't actually exist and never will. <laughs> Such a great, it's a great image. Look, uh, you know. Uh, moving the plot along. Exactly. So, <laughs> wow. Meanwhile, <laughs> you said that Rev-9 would find a secret abandoned facility where they're building crappy Terminators and recruits an army of endoskeletons using the Skynet chip that he stole from Carl. So this is where Matty D goes from writing about or talking about what he thinks is going to happen to start talking about what he wants to happen. Yeah, exactly. Of course, this doesn't happen in the movie at all. No points. I hope you're not used to getting points because you're not going to get too many from this point onwards. No way, really? He said that we have a war between the Terminators and the humans at the border. How great. I wish that the was The American-Mexican border. There's just a huge flat-out war against crap machines versus border patrol people. The symbolism is amazing. Wow. With Sarah and Danny leading the human army. Nope. That does not happen at all. <laughs> You said that the humans win against the Terminators. Nope. Uh, you said that Rev-9 has a fight with Grace and Carl where he splits into his two forms. That does happen in the movie. Yeah. I give you a point for that because that was, that was in the trailer. And then for some reason, <laughs> you said that Rev-9, Grace and Carl reenact the dumbest fight from Pirates of the Caribbean 2. How dare you, sir? Where How they dare roll you? That around. That fight was great. <laughs> it was fucking stupid. 
where they roll around on top of individual wheels. <laughs> you said that, yeah, they're going to be rolling around on wheels. So I'm like, what, really? And so I'm imagining old man Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't say they'd be around wheels. You did say that say they'd, they'd be on, on wheels. wheels. You said that they would no, be on individual like, wheels rolling around. It was like the fight where they're in the wheel. No, you like, said that they... I said, what part <laughs> of that fight are they reenacting? You said the bit with the wheels. Yeah, the bit and with the wheel. Like, what? <laughs> So I'm that, actually, if they were all on wheels, that would be better, actually, I think. Than what actually happened in the movie. Well, yeah, yeah than what so. I said. They're just like them on like wheels just bouncing rolling around. Fight each other. They were, so st- were they on one wheel or were they all on individual wheels in the actual movie? They were on individual wheels in Pirates of the Caribbean No, they're in too. one wheel. No, they're on individual ones. They're on a... What, were they, no, were they they're inside one big wheel. I, f- I get the feeling that they're on multiple wheels fighting uh, each other. You might other. be right. It's been a while since it I watched it. Stupid. But it was great. It was not great. It was awful. Right in, dear listeners. Was that great or stupid? Tell us if you watch like the, the scene on YouTube. fight scene with the wheel. Watch the scene on YouTube and tell me if you think it's dumb or brilliant. brilliant is it, it genius? Is. Well, well, we're divided here in the studio. Back to your nonsense. You said that this leads into a factory because all Terminator movies need to have a fight in a factory. They really do. I gave you a point and a half because they fight in a car factory at the start of the movie. They fight in an illegal immigrant detention center halfway through the movie. They fight in a military base. And the final fight takes place inside a dam. Yeah, it's a hydro... Yeah, it's a hydroelectric plant. Yeah, Yeah, it is. So that's as close as possible to a factory. And car factory counts as well. So point and a half. Thanks. You said that they put the liquid metal version of Rev-9 into a metal-destroying machine, <laughs> which is either a grinder or a press. Now yeah, you, you know a metal-destroying machine. Yeah, well, they kind of had one in, in the factory, first yeah. Terminator movie, and I guess melting it down technically counts as a metal-destroying machine in the second movie, but, you know, you laugh at that, but I gave you a point and a half because it's actually a power turbine inside the hydroelectric plant. It's just a, a big wheel that, have, that looks really dangerous. It's just open does, for anyone to slip into. And they put the liquid metal version of Rev-9 in there and it destroys him. And that's pretty close. That's closer than what I said. We'll get to it in a bit. Not as stupid as what I said. But yeah, so point and a half there. You said that Grace sacrifices herself by tackling the endoskeleton into the same machine. I only gave you half uh, a point yeah. for that because she's dead at this point. But technically, she sacrifices her power source. She gives that up to Danny. And then Danny tackles the endoskeleton and stabs it in the eye with the power source. And then Carl pushes it down into like an area. Again, very dangerous looking. Just an open area with just like spikes that they get impaled on. (laughs) And then they just sort of like touch each other on the breast until they die. (laughs) Yeah, they do, don't they? Like they get zapped and they're going like, oh, oh. They're just like, they can't do anything to fight each other. They're not bashing each other. So literally just rubbing each other's breasts. It's great. Watch the scene if you haven't already. But yeah, Carl does sacrifice. Yeah, but you didn't predict that. No. Uh, You said that Carl asked Sarah to kill him, but she refuses. Now, in the actual movie, Sarah would love nothing better than to kill Carl because... It's a story arc, Because he killed her darling boy. She loves the Terminator now. Yeah, or maybe she just respects him. Oh, you mean in your movie? In my movie. In the actual movie, we don't know what her final thoughts and feelings are towards Carl, but she's like, I'm never going to fucking call you Carl. I heard there was a deleted scene where they have a conversation. Sex? Oh. Yeah, they have sex (laughs) in the movie. (laughs) Okay. Our our relationship is intimate. It is physical. It is physical. Yeah. No, okay, they have a conversation, huh? Uh. Well, they had plenty of conversations in the actual movie. But I think they uh, they bury the hatchet. Let's talk about that for a sec. Mm. So, all right. So, the Terminator came back in time with his sole purpose to kill John Connor, nobody else. He succeeded. He kills John Connor in a resort, in the Max Payne Resort, and just wanders off 
while Sarah's distraught. Yeah, doesn't the Terminator die when his mission is complete? Uh, or is that incidental? Like, well, that- in one of the movies, they say that they shut down or yeah. blow up when their, their missions are complete. That's what I thought. To destroy any evidence. But in this movie, he just sort of wanders off, just says, you know what? I'm going to go down to Texas, start a family, form a conscience. I- I've discovered I have the ability to detect when things are coming through time for <laughs> yes. some reason. I'm going to, oh, I've got Sarah Connor's phone number for some reason, so I'm just going to send her text to let her know when the terminals are coming out. How did he out. get Sarah Connor's phone number, the most paranoid That's not the most ridiculous person thing. He could just world. do anything. He could just True. do anything. Why does she even have a phone? And why isn't she questioning who's sending the text messages? Does she think it's John? She's or? like, I went there because I wanted to know who was fucking with me, but it just turned out it was Terminators coming back in time. And then I decided I was just going to kill all the Terminators. <laughs> it, it was just stupid. If you just break down anything in this movie, it's stupid. If you don't think about it, you could be like, oh, it's a pretty decent action. Maybe we'll discuss it by the end of this episode. But yes, so it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, apparently he just grew a conscience. Yes. Because of his AI chip, apparently he was just like, you know what? I want a family. And he he feels guilty that he killed John. That's right. Even though it was his mission. Because he said when he had a son of his own, he said, ah, now I understand what it would be like to lose a son. So that's why he started helping out. Which is completely against the whole character. Yes, it is. And the so whole, the only idea, reason the whole that, concept of a the Terminator. only reason that the Terminators, the T-800s, were nice in some of the previous movies was because they were specifically reprogrammed to be so. That's by why. By the Resistance, yeah. By the Resistance. Why would Skynet have that flaw with their Terminators? Yeah, their programmers just like, hey, there's this little thing here that makes him grow a conscience and also predict when Terminators are coming. It's like, ah, that's that's not going to be a big deal. Don't, no. don't even worry about that. Let's wrap up your plot. Yes, let's. Because we've still got to get through my plot. Mm. And we've got a lot of gripes, apparently. So... Carl, he wanders off into the sunset, turns around and says... My ending is great, by the way. I'll be back. Yeah. And Sarah responds by saying, hasta la vista. Now, I couldn't give you any points for that because Sarah in the actual movie says, I'll be back. She does. So, it wasn't the Terminator, unfortunately. I was waiting for Carl to say, I'll be back. He doesn't. Guess they didn't want to do two in one movie. Doesn't he say, I won't be back? No, he doesn't. No? No. Maybe he says that to his family, but we don't actually see what he says to his family. We just see them leaving. Uh, You said that Sarah Connor, Danny and Carl are still alive at the end of the movie. I gave you a point and a half because Sarah and Danny are, but Carl is dead. Yeah. And then for some reason, they very creepily watch Young Grace play in a playground, and that's where the actual movie ends. Yeah, that's right. But in your movie, it was just- But it's hopeful, right? It's like, hey, look- well, Danny says, I don't want her to die on my behalf ever again, but we know that that's going to happen because that's fate. Well, I guess there's no fate. But what you make. But what you make. Mm. Uh, or something. So how Who do knows? you think you went overall? Listening back to that, how do you think I you think went? I think I went pretty terrible and my plot was awful. It didn't make sense and it's not close to the movie, but you gave me a lot of points there. Yeah. So if I was to hazard a guess- Around the 30s? Mmm. You actually got 40 points exactly. You know what? That is more points than I deserve, to that be honest. That is absolutely correct. Because there was a few moments where you stretched. You were like, yeah, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, not really. I-, I thought you needed all the help you could get. <laughs> Particularly when it uh, when it ended. Because after listening to my plot again, I, I thought you'd oh, like, Matty D needs help. <laughs> Let's get straight into my plot because yeah. I'm, well, again, I had I'm no keen to hear a much better plot. I had no idea what was going to happen. Really in that shaky movie. ending. Yeah, let's yeah, I had it. no idea what was going to happen in that movie. So I guess that really, and I didn't put the time into. Well, thinking you about pretty it. much kind of got the ending if you think about it. Mm. We'll hear in my plot that I didn't get anywhere near the ending. Let's talk about your. Yeah, let's hear let's, it. Let's just talk it because you spoke a lot. That's right. <laughs> about about I this just movie did just now. It was very about yours. It was very in depth. Clearly, you know the Terminator universe. Yes. So your in your plot it opens with narration which I give you two points for. There we go. By Sarah Connor, I said. 
by Sarah Connor. That's right. So I'll give you two points because that accurately happens. It's a cold open uh, and we get to see the Rev-9 appearing via a time portal as well as Grace. Well, that doesn't happen in the opening, but still. No, no. I give you you two points because the narration is accurate. And I give you another two points because how you predicted Grace and Rev were going to appear is accurate as well. Yep. Yep, I go into detail, don't I? You do, you do. You said that Grace will appear and police will be called in and she'll beat them up yep. single-handedly. Does that happen in the movie? It certainly does. It does. does, so two points for that. And you said Rev will kill some... Hap- oh, no, he'll shapeshift into some hapless guy. That's right. I didn't know if you... You said he, he would kill him, but what he happened does. in the actual movie? He, he, ki- he kills the father and takes his form. Yep. So he is some hapless guy. So, yep, that's He appeared points. in the exact apartment building where he needed to be. That is two points. So, there. all right, so... This is another weird thing that I, I just want to point out about the movie. So Rev Nine, he appeared in the exact apartment building where Danny lives. Perfect. He went to her house, knew where she lived. It was great planning on behalf of the Terminators. When when Grace goes back in time, she appears halfway through a bridge and potentially could have fallen to her death if she wasn't a Terminator. If she was a human, she would have died at that point. So they were just like, oh, wherever, just put in wherever <laughs> random coordinates. <laughs> She'll be all right. Do they do they actually have to put the? Oh, they do have to put the coordinates in. That's right. Okay. So I didn't know if it was just like random. They That in the future, that's where she left and in the past, that's where yeah. she ended up. So in the first movie, the Terminator just appears in a random spot in LA. Mm. And so the the Resistance knew in that movie, oh, we know that he's been sent to LA. So they just sent Kyle Reese to a random spot in LA. So that's why they don't both appear in the same place. But yeah, in this movie, like I said, they put... They knew exactly where her apartment building was going to be, so they they knew the coordinates for that. That's presumably something they could do. I'm not questioning that at all, but just with Grace, I just felt like, oh, wherever. <laughs> they don't really care about Grace. Yeah. She's like, off just you go, falling to her presumable so death. So they just guessed. The human well, resistance just guessed. She knew. They knew that she was a cyborg. So yeah. So they're like, but if she wasn't though, fuck it, she'd be dead. <laughs> Fuck it, she can We don't have it. to be careful. She's a cyborg. She can handle it. Now, you said that as per a typical Terminator movie, the audience isn't going to know who's evil and who's good. Yep. I mean, we do know going into it, but if yeah, you're watching true. this movie cold, there is no way to know who is the good guy and who is the no, bad guy. No, so until Rev9, you- like liquid metals on his clothes, there's no way of knowing. Mm. So I'll give you a point for that. In this part of your plot, we'll meet Danny and her older brother, Diego, and both work in an auto body shop. Yep. As a car slash truck mechanic. And I and I give you two points for that because because yep, I did the same for we, you. We discussed it. We discussed it. It's pretty much exactly what happened. So in your plot, Danny is constantly being catcalled, harassed, yep. and disrespected by her male co-workers. Yep. But despite this, she's a Because I thought there was going to be a lot of overhanded sort of like feminism in this movie. Yeah. It wasn't really there for wasn't. the most part. In fact, she's probably respected in her field. That's right. She That's is. the vibe I got. So her brother was going to be fired because they didn't like him as much as they liked her. So Yeah, he was he was hopeless. Yeah, I guess exactly. Oh, not really. I think they were just replacing workers with machines. That's right. So the overall message was... You so know, there was no sexism there, so I, no. I didn't even need to bring that up. But I give you half a point because we do know that she's a competent mechanic. Yeah, okay, so fair enough. Grace and the Rev-9 start stalking Danny. Now, as an audience, we don't know what's happening. We're like, oh, which one's up to no good? Yeah. Maybe both of them are up to no well, good. Well, we know Who that knows? the Rev-9 is evil by this point. Yes, yes, we do. And Danny is initially suspicious of Grace because Grace sort of sticks out more than the Rev-9 who can yeah. shapeshift. Well, in the actual movie... I'll give you two points for all, by the way. Oh, thank you. But yeah, in the actual movie, that is actually technically true because she thinks that Grace has killed her father. Mm, that's right. The Rev-9 turns up into the body shop to get his car repaired, but uh, quickly launches into attack against Danny. Now, he kind of yeah. does that as the father. So, I'll yeah, give you two true. points for that. But it's not an auto body shop, so no, obviously he's not there. Just, 
Just replace yeah. the word auto body shop with. Yeah. But he rocked up car factory. under false pretenses. So it was close it enough. I was surprised it was close enough to give you two points for. Yep. So Grace comes in and saves the day, and Danny and Diego make a break in the Ute pickup truck. Yep. Two with Grace. points. Two points with Grace. So Grace is saving them. And the Rev gives Chase in a bulldozer truck, yep. which he smashes through the highway, which I give you a point for because we see it in the trailer. That's true. You didn't even work it into your plot, even though we saw it in the trailer. I mean, I had the whole highway chase thing, but. Yeah. So Danny has no idea why she's being targeted. Give you two points because she doesn't. So we learn in the car chase that the Rev 9 actually can split off. We, you spoke we about We spoke it. about that already. Yeah, he has two versions of himself, liquid metal. This and is something we knew going in as well. Exoskeleton, which is why you get a point for, because yep. we already knew that. Now, you said that the liquid metal Rev 9 is stronger than the exoskeleton, but it can shapeshift, and the exoskeleton can't blend in. So it sort No, of I said out. they were stronger together. Yeah, that's what I mean. Which is technically true. That's what I mean. So when they, they have pros about them when they're separated, yep. but they're weaker. That's right. Which isn't really a thing. Correct um, me if I'm wrong, because I, so I watched this liquid, movie a while the ago. The liquid metal version is stronger when he's got the endoskeleton. So yeah. he's tougher when he's got the endoskeleton inside him. Yes. Uh, when he's liquid metal, he can be sort of like chopped up and discombobulated and, and slows him down a lot. And the endoskeleton can't blend in at all. But it doesn't really matter in the actual movie because no. he doesn't even try bothering to, to blend in at all. No, which is another point. You say throughout the whole movie, the heroes will be tricked by this ability, which doesn't really happen. No, they didn't which use I'm it like to confused. their advantage at like, all. I was like, why didn't he do this? Again, they yeah. did it better in Terminator 2. So I guess they just didn't want to copy that. Mm, yeah. Well, uh, it didn't, oh. didn't make for any sort of like exciting fights in the movie. Cause... Not really. They didn't really go anywhere with it. No. Anyway, Diego is killed during the highway chase. Yep. Ding. That's right. Two points there. By the uh, Rev-9. When the Rev-9 rams into his truck. Yep. Grace- Which I just pulled out of thin air, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I can't believe I got that. That's right. Uh, Grace saves Danny from the car crash, grabbing her and driving out with the Ute at the last second. Two points because that is what happens. Yep. Now, technically, I know that Sarah- They still Sarah's in, car. Which, which I'm getting to because yep. when you say just when all hope is lost, Sarah Connor saves Danny. From the Rev 9, which is two points. Yep. There you she go. does it with a grenade launcher. But that's in the trailer, though. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I guess that's only I one gave you point. a point for it, so I deserve we'll a give point you, for it. We'll give you a point for I'm it. I'm sure I've got plenty. <laughs> you said that Sarah doesn't trust Grace. Two points. Yep. So the way Sarah was able to find them was she. I just copied what you been, said. Yeah, she's been. Yeah, you copied what I said. <laughs> no, we kind of. I think we kind of had the same idea. She's been looking at police scanners and trying to see if there's any. Which would make more sense than what they actually Terminator did in the movie. Trial. Well, I give you two points because she yeah. is doing that. She yeah. is tracking down Terminators. Yes. And she is. Any sign of a Terminator, she does go to that location. By the way, I That's joked true. in your plot, I joked that she has an app for tracking Terminators. Which she kind of does. The closest thing to the actual truth. She kind of does. Now, you speak about Grace. You say that she is pretty much a cyborg, but still identifies as human. Whoa, yep. pretty much accurate. Bang on the money. Well, that is accurate. But you said that she doesn't know who sent her back in time. No, or why. She, now, she does. She does, it yeah. It was Danny, but. She's not told certain things for some reason. <laughs> but again, that was just for our benefit, not hers. But two points for the fact that she's a cyborg. I said I said it the other way around. She was like a Terminator that Yeah. Oh no, she was a human that got She that was a human a that cyborg. was turned into a Terminator by the bad guys. Like you said, like like we discussed, she was just all in um Terminator yeah. Salvation. So at this point in the movie they go to a cabin in the middle of nowhere to meet a T eight hundred, an age T eight hundred. Um and I believe you said Grace knows where he is. Uh I can't remember. But if you want to go with that, that's fine. Yeah, you said, yeah, Grace was aware of where he was. So that's how they found him. I think that's house. true. 
Which is actually true to the real movie. Exactly. So that's two points there. Um, so the T-800 has been living as a hermit for 30 years and has named himself Carl. Now, you didn't think he had a family either. No, that's right. I give you two points because... that's stupid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not us. Yeah. But that's two points. And also you said Sarah Connor doesn't trust Carl. Which yep, she does two points. So we're going to actually have a flashback here. Um, well, I didn't say the flashback would happen at this point. I just didn't want to give it away at mm, the start of the movie. I just mm, said we would have a flashback. Well, you at said some point. you said early on, and I should have covered yep. this before. You said there's going to be flashbacks to the nineties to ninety seven. Ninety one, ninety one, or ninety one. Sorry, peppered throughout this movie. Yeah, that's right. Which is true. I gave you a point for that as well. But there's a particular. Well, flashback. technically, it's not ninety one. It's actually ninety three. I think mm. in the flashback at the start of the movie, but close well, enough. Whatever, whatever, close enough. Whatever. Flashback to it the happened. 90s. I, I'm counting it. But here you say that there's a flashback of John Connor back in 1991 after the events of Terminator. So I give you yep. two points because we do see that. Not That's at this true. point. At this, it's an it's in our opener. Yep. But it does happen and. He meets with the T eight hundred. Now I give you two points because that certainly do meet. That technically happens. Wouldn't it be great though? Like if in the actual movie, when the T eight hundred turns up again, they're all just like, "Oh, you're back!" And then he just boom shoots it. Yeah. So in your plot, and I think you might have actually said ninety two, not ninety one, in the actual recording. But no, it's definitely ninety one. Oh yeah, you said ninety one. Yep. But you said that his whole purpose for being sent back was to protect John Connor. Not really. <laughs> Whoops. Doesn't really happen. Uh, but Sarah believes that Rev9 could be targeting John as well as Danny. Yep. So they decide, you know, they're safer together than apart. So they go off to find John Connor, who we all thought was going to be in this movie. Yes. Yeah. And not just as a cameo flashback. Damn, I was like, they're bringing him back in this movie. That's incredible. We're going to see him as an adult. Maybe maybe he's fixed his ties with Hollywood or whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe he's no longer a drug addict. Maybe. No, 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 no. But he got a paycheck out of it. So yep. good for him. He got a movie credit for it. Mm. So in your plot, none of this happens in the movie, but John has joined yeah, the army. This is where my plot just goes to pot. Because he wants to be skilled at fighting machines. Yeah. Um, he wants to be a great military leader. <laughs> we love saying that. That was our favorite joke Sarah's, last time. Yeah, Sarah's disappointed by this. I think this leads to a falling out between the two, which is well, it, why- Well, it led in the past to a falling yeah, out. Yeah, which is why they they haven't been in contact yeah, for that's this right. entire time, because John went off to join the military, and Sarah's like, hmm. You shouldn't the military is the man. They you created should, the machine. You should be trained by me. Don't go to them. Yeah, They're exactly. bad. So they travel to this military base uh, in the middle of the desert. Now, I'll give you two points because they do go to a military That's base. That's true. But it's not to meet John Connor. It's no, to it's meet not. a contact. It's just random guy. It's almost like- Random guy, waste of time, man. It's almost like they couldn't put John the Connor The only in. reason, by the so way, the they, only reason they went to the military base was to get two EMPs yes, to potentially right. get rid of the Rev-9, but they get the EMPs and they're immediately shot. Yeah. And so that was just waste all waste of time. of time. Waste of time. But they go to a military base and at the base, they're arrested by soldiers. Uh, John thinks his mother is crazy and paranoid. Again, which, why would he? Because... Now, technically, <laughs> they do get arrested. They don't go to a military base to get arrested, but they do get arrested by the Border Patrol. Yes. And then are taken to, like, a holding facility. Well, That's you say pretty that, close. You say that later on as well, okay. which is what I give you points oh, for. Oh, wow, there we go. They're not really arrested by these guys here. No. Um, the military are apparently just military fine with just, them. Yeah, military don't really react at all. Because the guy who turns up shot is literally like, stand down, these are friends of mine. Okay, we'll help them. All we'll, right. we'll let them just take a yeah. plane, do whatever they want. Do you want some guns? Do you want some Do you uh, like ammunition? how, by the way, when they stole the plane, the military there who were loading up the plane were literally just like, excuse me, what are you doing? No <laughs> guns, no gunfire, no that's, like stopping them. That's my plane. Yeah. Well, why are you taking... Uh, okay, all right, we'll just bring it back, okay? Yeah, well, they don't. 
<laughs> There's a scene in your plot where Sarah uses Grace and the T-800 to prove that Skynet exists still by yep. cutting them open. And we have a scene where Grace is being explored by some Ooh. military scientists. Well, you know, like cut open. Well, doctors, yeah. Yeah, by medical military guys. And we see that she can experience pain. Well, that does happen. That does, does happen in the movie. It Did does. you give me points for that? Yes, I am giving you points oh, for that. Oh, there you go. But I also give you a point as well because we see that she can feel pain. I didn't say this in your plot, but you thought we'd have a flashback to her as a child being like operated on by, for some reason, human doctors for Skynet. That doesn't make any sense. Me trying to... Because you're like, in the trailer, we see her as a child being having like robotics put in her. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> and we don't. Yeah, I didn't really watch that trailer too closely. John has a moment where he reconnects with the T-800. Unfortunately, it yeah. does not happen. No. But surprise, uh, Rev-9 is back in the military base. He snuck in. Yep. Give you a point there because that does happen. Yep. John and the soldiers begin a firefight with the Rev-9, but the Rev-9 tricks them. He like goes, look, I'm yeah. over here with the liquid wow. metal guy. Imagine if they did something that clever in the real movie. And the robot version kills... Uh, or attacks um, John the Connor. T-800. Oh, oh. You no, know, yeah, the, you're right. Yeah, sorry. He, he goes after the T-800 afterwards, but he kills John Connor in a dramatic yep. way. So we get rid of John Connor from the movie. Well, John Connor did die so, well, in I, a dramatic way. I give you two and points. And he was killed by a Terminator. I do give you two points for that. Because okay, there you there's, go. Loosely, you yeah. kind of got that. You're there. being generous. So, yeah. And he also defeats the T- well, Let's call him Carl. He defeats Carl as well. Not permanently. Not permanently. We but just it think looks he's like defeated. he's dead, which is why I give you half a point for And that. that happens in the movie, by the way. Mm. There is a point where you think the T-800 is dead. You think Carl is dead after they fight him at the bottom of the dam. Yeah. But of course, he swings in when it's dramatic. Yeah. So, I give you half a point for that. Yeah, there we because go. we're on the right track there. Everybody jumps on a plane. Yep. Wow, this is so accurate to what happened. Oh, yes. They're being pursued by the Rev-9 the Rev who's flying his own plane. Yep, two, that happens. Two pointery dues for that because it's exactly what happens. But a badly damaged Carl actually sneaks on board the plane and yeah, starts yeah. fighting starts fighting the Rev-9, which I give you two points for. Yeah, he does jump from one plane to the other in the actual movie. It happens, it happens. The two planes collide in yep. mid-air. The liquid version of the Red-9 leaps onto our hero's plane. Yep. and the that actually happens. Yeah, which go. I give you two points for. Um, you said Danny, Sarah, and Grace will parachute on a jeep back to safety. Uh, yep. The planes crash. The exoskeleton of the Rev-9 and Carl will fight underwater. Two points because yep. that happens. Wow. How did I do- how yeah. did get all this? Yeah. The liquid metal version of Rev-9 finds its way back to the exoskeleton, so he defeats yep. Carl. That does happen. That does happen. In the actual movie, they rip Carl's arm apart yep. just because they don't like him. Yep. They don't, th- they don't rip his head off, but they rip his arm apart. And this is where he you think he's dead, but he resurfaces and does the whole Terminator thing and comes back. Yep, which um, actually happens in the movie. So both versions of the Rev-9 reform, and they're in pursuit of Danny and our heroes. Uh, you also said that Carl is buying the, our hero's time, so he sacrifices himself to... Yeah, which doesn't really happen. I mean, he does to to sacrifice get, himself so. to kill the Rev-9 in it, the movie. It does happen, but yeah, he does kind of try to lead them away. But anyway, so... At this point in your plot, they land in the Mexican desert. Uh, Danny Grace That's not true. and Sarah are heading towards uh, America with a group of immigrants. On a, a train. Tra- on a train, that's right. To yeah. give you half a point, because they are going to the border. They're crossing the border. There is a point in the movie where they are mm-hmm. traveling on a train with immigrants to the border that's to right. sneak over. So that it did actually happen in the movie. It didn't happen at this point. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So I guess you get two points for that then. There we go. So they're heading towards the border. There's a little bit of character development here in your in your plot where they talk about no fate, but what we make for ourselves. And Sarah that is happens really in the movie. upset by the fact that John's been killed. Now, that does well, happen in the movie. What but, doesn't happen in the movie? Sorry, I said that does happen. Oh, in the there movie. you go. Where, where they talk about there's no fate, but what we make for ourselves. And they also talk about 
Why so did Danny, Danny exist? did Danny fact- just come to that same exact quote of her own conclusion, or did she steal it from Sarah Connor? Did she watch the previous Terminator movies? I How did she know. get that exact same know. quote? Maybe it's something that they all say. Who Since knows? They changed the future. Anyway, but what you do go right, what you did get right was they talk about Danny and her important role in the new future. Mm-hmm. Two points. Two points. Uh, you said there'll be a moment of social commentary where our heroes try to cross the border and there'll be some overzealous border control yep. operatives. Which that happens in the happen. movie. Yep. You kind of didn't know how it was going to end, but you decided that they were going to oh, go boy, back, didn't I? back to Sarah Connor's house because she's compound. familiar with her, yeah, compound. her compound. They were going to home alone which it up. Which is what they did in Terminator Genesis. They were gonna, they're going to set up some booby traps. Yep, which is what they did in Terminator to Genesis. To lure Rev-9. Now, you're probably thinking that's not really right, but- Well, it wasn't. I give you half a point for that because they do decide at a point we're not going to run, we're going to stay and fight. This is going to be our kill box at the dam. And replace compound with dam and you pretty much got it. Sarah's dam. She owns a dam now. Well done. (laughs) Yes. Sarah is able to destroy the Rev-9 exoskeleton in a series of traps. I believe he falls down a pit or something like that. Well, actually, that does happen in the movie. He does fall down a pit with spikes. And I said there was going to be spikes in the bottom of the pit. Did we just not describe in the dam? They fall down a dangerous looking pit, which has spikes in the bottom. Yeah, they do. I can't believe that. I didn't even consider that. They do. But while, when she's doing that, Sarah's killed by the liquid metal Rev-9 version. Yep, which sneaks up behind while her. While trying to defend Danny, which I give you half a point for. But this allows Grace an opportunity to attack the Rev-9. And I believe you said she kills him by liquid nitrogen. No, I actually said acid. No, you're right. You did say acid. You were playing with liquid nitrogen or acid. Yeah. Do you give you half a point for? Because I just directly stole that they, from Terminator they Genesis. They do kill the liquid metal version, but not, not with acid. Not with acid, no. No, they destroyed him in a metal destroying machine. <laughs> yeah, that destroys liquid as well. Yeah. You didn't think about that, did you? So, finally we learn that Danny's expertise as a mechanic leads to her reprogramming all the Terminators uh, for the Resistance. Right. And also leads my her plot, that is. to create cyborgs like Grace. Now, I give you two points because she is important to the future. She's not really a mechanic per se. No, she's just the leader. We. She uh, turns scavengers into soldiers. She turns soldiers into a resistance. Mm, but she Ugh. she is important for Grace to be where she is. That's right. So, so it Grace, led to Grace being a cyborg. It yeah, led to Grace, Grace being- Grace ended up- She was a child when- Danny, Danny rescued saved, her Danny as a child, as a child, and then she became like her own bodyguard. She became like mm. Danny's bodyguard, Grace, that is. And then Grace got severely injured while trying to protect Danny, and so she and she volunteered herself to become a cyborg to yeah. help Danny further. Yeah, because apparently it's just something you have to volunteer to do. And then why? Why I don't know why you have to be severely injured to, to become a cyborg. I don't know. Maybe that makes it easier. Mm. Who knows? Your movie ends with Grace being alive. Uh, not true, but. Because I thought she was going to be our new, like, hero. Yeah, not not quite true. She does die. But the future is uncertain, leaving it to a possible sequel. And what you end up with is you say that they rewrite the Terminator timeline to be Danny is the leader, Sarah right. Connor is also alive, yep. and Grace is alive. Now, Grace isn't alive, but the other two are, yep. and they do rewrite the future to be like, this is a new... That's right. These are our players now. It's not John Connor. It's not... Yeah, that's right. You know, Reese, it's not it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger as the T eight hundred. These are our heroes leading into the future, which is their new direction, I think that that's Yeah, that's what absolutely meant. what they did in the real movie. So there you go. Holy wow, cow. Listen to that. A long plot, but you called a lot of it. Could this be the best plot I've ever done? It's funny that you should say that because we've broken a record here. Oh my goodness. Spoilers. Because what has been Did I get better than 40? (laughs) Better than 40. The highest we ever got on this show was 66 and a half. Which was me in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I believe. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
What your plot got? <laughs> I'm so excited. What your plot got was 39 and a half. No. <laughs> <sighs> now Nine... you have to add that extra point that I ended up racking up as well. Oh, yeah, I do you too. took away a point and then gave two I points, do, so I there's do. one extra point. 98. What? And a half points. <laughs> what? That's unheard of. Murder, dark Fate. I can't believe that. Wow, that's incredible. We've never got that high before. Like, we've never even got close to that, as we've just said. Wow. It's all—it's like more than double what you got. That's incredible. It was like a double plus ten. Yeah. Wow, that is incredible. I am so proud of myself. Listen to this. <laughs> that's the sound of me patting myself on the back, because I did an excellent job, apparently. I was wow. shocked. All the acid crap, all of the Sarah Connor's <laughs> compound crap that so- I was just like, oh, that's terrible. Where you fell apart was the whole John Connor stuff yes. and the ending, but you got enough points throughout the throughout yeah, the beginning. Wow. So I think I got the, the bare bones. I got the endoskeleton of the plot And here. even the end, even though you didn't get but it right. I didn't right. quite get the liquid metal covering. So no. yeah, what were you saying? Oh, even though you didn't get the end right, you got like a few close-ish points here. Yeah. There. I think I got all the beats from the sounds of it, like even down to like the minutiae of the action scenes, yeah. which is unusual. So wow. There we go. Well, I think that sets a new precedent. Colour me impressed, Kieran, because when I was looking at your plot, when I was listening to it, I was like... It's not that close, but then, yeah. Oh, my God. I thought when I was listening back to it, I'm like, it's pretty close to the movie, but not that close. Mm. But, yeah, I thought we'd be close, to be honest. I thought we'd be, like, neck and neck. Not at all. Wow, there we go. I don't think we're going to top that for a while. Right. There we go. All right. So let's briefly run down our thoughts of this. Again, this is something we apparently do now. Thank you for sticking with us, by the way. Yeah. This has been a lengthy one, but I think this movie just has a lot to pick apart and discuss because mm. I think that's important when it comes to like saying, sort of quantifying how close we were or how far away we were from the actual plot. So yeah, what were your thoughts overall on the actual Terminator Dark Fate movie, the movie that actually happened, not our plots? I had a bad experience watching this movie because yeah. as our listeners will know, I watched this as part of our 100th episode review and I watched it in a series of eight movies so by the time I watched Terminator Dark Fate I was tired I was grouchy I was grumpy that was a long movie to get through too so I did not two hours eight minutes did not have a good experience at all but I I watched it with somebody who really enjoyed it and you know what if I'm going to be fair it was okay it was okay (laughs) it was okay I'm at the point now where I don't care about the Terminator franchise anymore yeah so just, so, all right, how would you rank it with all the other Terminator movies I mean, that you've it's seen? it's the same thing. The first two are good. The rest of them kind of... Isn't that of the suck. overall problem with the movie? Yeah, just let it die. Let it die. It had some parts in it that were just boring. When you pick it apart, it doesn't make sense. There wasn't anything that was too new. You know, there wasn't anything yeah. that blew me away. I thought the Terminator being divided was cool, but they didn't do anything with it. No. I like Danny. I like Sarah Connor in this movie. She was sure. fun. sure. I always like seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger, but who doesn't? Him having a family doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it had fun parts. What can I? I don't think I hated Where's it as your much ranking? as you. I want to hear your ranking. Uh, Overall, so Terminator I haven't movies. seen Genesis, so put just bear that in mind. That. Just exclude that from the list. So going from worst to let's just presume that Terminator Genesis is the worst. Yeah. Okay. Well, going from worst to best, I really didn't like Salvation, which uh, is the fourth one. Yeah. But I would say going from worst, it'd be Terminator Three, then Salvation. Yep. Then probably Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. Then Terminator 1, then Judgment Day. There we go. Wow, I think that's a f- pretty fair ranking. I th- probably will hew pretty close to that ranking as well. My thoughts in this movie overall, I think it was pretty obvious that I thought it was... <laughs> you hated it. was stupid for the most part. I'll tell you what, I watched it two years ago back in the cinemas, and then when I came out of the cinemas, I was like, oh, that was actually a pretty entertaining movie. I'm like, oh, a lot of stuff doesn't make sense, but I guess it doesn't really need to. 
And now that I've had I mean, time to think about it, right? I've watched the movie twice now. I watched the movie yesterday just to refresh myself for this show. And it was a painful experience the second time. And I could just see every flaw. My major issue with this movie is I watched it back to back with Terminator 2. So I watched this movie and then just as a, a refresher, I watched Terminator 2. And then obviously, obviously Terminator 2 is still arguably the best Terminator movie. The action in Terminator 2 is sort of like raw and visceral. It feels real, even though it's got very early CGI with the T-1000, but it really works for the movie. We've discussed this in depth in a previous podcast. But there's something about the action scenes in Terminator Dark Fate when, in comparison, you could say that they're technically done better, but it doesn't look anywhere near as good. The CGI in Terminator Dark Fate is abysmal. It's a disgrace. See, it didn't bother me Nothing looks real in the movie. Again, CGI is not a killer for me. I can go with it. If but compared not. to Terminator 2, compared to Terminator 2, Terminator 2 made, aged a little bit. It's aged a little bit, but if you watch it, it still holds up. Right. It still holds up. The action scenes, they're done practically, with the exception of the T-1000, and it still works because it's done practically. There's no practicality in Terminator Dark Fate at all. It's never going to hold up. It's never going to be a good movie. Uh, the plot doesn't make any sense. It's just all contrivances just to get characters on the screen again. It's nonsense. It's not the worst Terminator movie because I'm going to rank them. I'll go in the other order. I'm going to say, of course, Terminator 2 is still my favorite, followed by the original Terminator. Then I'm going to put Dark Fate third, quite like you did. Because it wasn't awful. It was fun. It wasn't... Well, I wouldn't say it was fun. It had fun parts. It had some interesting parts. Let me tell you, I was going to watch this movie again for this episode, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm going to actually put Terminator Genesis as my fourth, just because I did have some fun with that movie. They just completely shat the bed halfway through, though, and the start of the movie was fun. They did have some fun with the concept. Then I'm going to put Salvation, and then I'm going to put number three right at the tippy bottom as number six for me. But yeah, I think the major issue, and and this is something we brought up when we discussed the movie in the original episode, the problem with Dark Fate is it does nothing new. There's nothing new in it at all, even though they promised they were going to do something new. It was literally Judgment Day. It was literally just a remake of Terminator 2. Again, Judgment Day, from start to finish, with the exact same action scene at the exact same points. You've got the same concept with the T-1000 and the Rev-9. They're just exactly the same. And with Grace. T-1000 did the same thing. Grace, yeah, technically. Grace is sort of like a combination between the T-800 and Kyle Reese, essentially. Yeah. You could even argue that this is something that they've actually talked about a lot online. People theorize that Grace and Danny are lesbians in the future. I don't see why that's important to the plot at all. Uh, Maybe, but like she saved Grace as a child, so that kind of is a little icky, right? It makes it creepy. But yeah, there is a theory going around online that they're lovers, but like I said, that's not important. Why does that matter? Who cares? If it makes you feel happy, if it gives you that frozen, warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Grace goes back in time to get a younger Danny. Like, (laughs) Danny's of age, Kieran. Okay, yeah. Okay, either way, it's, it's weird. But the real issue here is what we said in our original episode was the only way that they can make a a successful Terminator sequel is if they do something different and don't just carbon copy what they've done before. And that's exactly what they did in this movie. So it's never going to stand the test of time. When you have a movie like Judgment Day, it's hard to top it. And they've spent a good decade trying to do it. And The only way you can top it is just do something completely different. Dial everything back. If you're making the bad guy Terminator an unstoppable killing machine, then you're going too far. Yeah. Dial it back. Make it more like the first movie where they really have to try hard to blend in to society to be able to survive. Or, you know... Make an army of Terminators yeah. fight an army of soldiers. Yeah, that was which called. Is what uh, I wanted. 
That's called salvation. <laughs> We've seen that. It doesn't work. You know, that was in an apocalypse. I want it in present day. No, they did that at the end of Terminator 3. Did they? Yep, they did. See, all these movies I forget. They're all these holes in my memory. So forgettable. Well, they're smaller than it's the holes clear, in this movie. It's clear that we both had... We, I think neither of us wanted to talk about this movie. I think no. neither of us wanted to see another Terminator movie. That's true. And I, we I didn't both, want to see this movie in the We both like, place. you know, at least the second one and the first yeah. one. They and, hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. Part of my childhood, I'd say. They keep bastardizing it every time they do this. Yes. But we, I guess, you know, from your plot and from my plot, we both wanted to see something different. It's not really what we saw. No. I wouldn't say it was bad. No, it definitely wasn't bad. It's and a again, far cry from being bad. I watched bad. it with somebody who loved it. He was like, this is probably one well, of the best. Well, we both said that it's the like the third best. Yeah. We like it best after the original two movies, so it can't be that bad. No. It's a step in the right direction, I suppose. But yeah. but if you really liked it, let, yeah, us, let know. us know. I want to know what your thoughts are on, you know, give us your ranking of the Terminator movies. Tell us how awful that fight scene in Pirates of the Caribbean 2 is. Yeah, or tell us how great it is. Tell us if we're fair. Is our criticisms fair? Yeah. Are we completely off base? Have we missed something? That have, have we said something is a plot hole when it's not actually a plot hole? Yes. Is there a reason why the T-800 knows where the coordinates and of when. the Terminators are coming? Tell us. Yes, please do. I want all of that stuff explained. Explain it to me. <laughs> yes, please. You can let us know our thoughts at several places. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Potential Spoilers Pod is obviously all one word. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can just leave a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. That's potentialspoilers.podbean.com, I believe. Machines are taking over the world. It's and the so future. Is social media through our podcast? We are Skynet. Yeah, they did that in Genesis, so. We are Skynet. Potential Spoilers is Skynet. Oh, there we go. All right, so before we wrap up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. Yes. The time has come. It's that time of the bi-month. We used to do this monthly, now it's bi-monthly. That time of the season. It's the time of the season. Anyway, we're going to be doing another special episode. So what we do in these special episodes, it's completely down to fate. What we try and do, it's no fate, <laughs> but what, what we, we make, make for ourselves, we leave everything to chance and we try to predict a movie that doesn't exist. We're coming up with movies of our own and attempting to beat Hollywood to the punch. Because we can't just trash movies that are already coming out. We've got to give our credentials over. Yeah. Create something of our own. Exactly. That other people can trash. So what we've done is we've come up with a big list of franchises and movies and then we've also come up with a list of ways that we're going to approach these franchises and movies. So we've got a list of six categories, which is sequel, prequel, remake, reboot, adaptation, and what's the other one? Oh, spin-off. It was spin-off that I was missing. So spin-off's in there as well. So what we do is we roll a die first time to decide what category we're going to be approaching our new movie in. So whether it's going to be a prequel, remake, spin-off, whatever. And then the second roll of the die is deciding what exactly we'll be doing, what exactly franchise or movie or series we'll be covering. There's got to be an easier way to explain all this. Every time I struggle to explain this, I hope it makes sense to people. It's probably the most complicated thing we've ever come up with for such a simple idea. We roll the die and that's what the next episode is going to be about. Yeah, that's... Ex- <laughs> well done, Matty D. <laughs> all right, so I'm actually taking the honours of rolling the die this week. So let's roll the dice the first time and see what we're going to get. Number four. So that is a prequel. A prequel. I don't think we've done too many of those. I'm no, excited. we haven't actually, by the look of it. We've done a few. I think The Good, and The Bad, and The Ugly. I think we've, we've done, done... What have we done the most of? I think we've done uh, remake. Remakes. Yeah, we've done remake Remakes the most and of. reboots we've done a yeah. lot of. So, so, yeah, we get to create a prequel to a franchise or a film that... Uh, that might not deserve a, <laughs> a prequel. All right, <laughs> I'm excited now. Let's find out exactly what we're going to be making a prequel of. It's three. Three. 
Kieran. Yes. My podcasting buddy. I don't know what this is. I'm An audience at home, wherever you're listening, whether that's on a commute or whether that's in your comfortable house. Next week, we'll be doing a prequel to Scarface. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, my God. So, if you're a fan of Scarface, if you have an idea, help me. Now, is this the original 30 Scarface or the 1981 It just says Scarface, sketch. so okay. I assume it was the 1981. Yeah, version. I'm going to presume that as well. That's the one that we're going to have more fun with. So, Come on. if you're a fan of Tony Montana, if you're a fan of Scarface... Listen in next week. If you have an idea for a oh, prequel man. for that movie. What are we going to do? Oh. <laughs> send us your ideas, either before or after. Send us your plots, because that is what who we're going to be cast? doing. So, oh, there's so many things. Like, who are we going to cast as our leads? What are we going to do Al in Pacino. the plot? De- oh, <laughs> de-age no. Al Pacino. We can't de-age the actors. That's a rule. We can't de-age the actors. Just give Al Pacino in a wig and just blow. Hey, I'm Tony Montana. <laughs> That'd be awful. That'd be absolutely awful. Oh, man, this is going to be a challenge. All right, so, yeah, tune in next week and find out what exactly we came up with for our Scarface prequel. And if you have any ideas of what you think should happen before Scarface, please write in and let us know in the places we said before. In the meantime, we're going to be teleported to the past. Yeah, I hope so. Before this podcast gets made. Yeah, and we can kill ourselves and prevent us from ever (laughs) recording this episode. See you next week, everyone. You just can't go around killing people. Why? What do you mean, why? Because you can't. Why? Because you just can't, okay? Trust me on this. Why? Look, I'm going to go get my mom. Why? What do you mean, why? Why? And I order you to help me. Why? Take a hike, Bozo. Why?